0: The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, Reed, Reed Wilkins, Wilkins on, on Oilers, Oilers Radio. Radio, 630 Chad. McDavid, left half boards, in front.
1: Oh, that was deflected off the back of Ronta and somehow stayed out. Lucic out to the point.
2: bomb dishes. Maroon without a helmet. In the right corner. Back to bomb Fires. Misses short side. McDavid a shot. That was stopped. Rebound thrown in front.
3: A final flurry and more frustration for the Edmonton Oilers. That's how it's been going this season and certainly lately. Six losses in a row, all of them in regulation time. Today, Antti Ranta makes 40 saves and the Arizona Coyotes beat the Edmonton Oilers 1-0. Thanks a lot for tuning in this afternoon. It's 4.56. My name is Reed Wilkins, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Our open line number 780 496 0-0-6-3. Well, the Oilers certainly with some chances late in the third, really the last half of the game. I thought they generated more offensively and were around the puck more, uh, around the net more more than the first 30 minutes, but they can't break through their shutout for the seventh time this season. Second time they've lost the game one-nothing on an early goal. Remember in Toronto, they allowed a goal in the first minute, lost one-nothing today. 3.26 and Christian Dvorak gets the only goal of the game 11th time this season. The Oilers have been scored on on the first shot against, and uh, that was all Arizona needed. I'll start with the positive today, and Cam Talbot obviously has his game uh, carved apart over the last couple of outings. Uh, well, especially two games ago against the Florida Panthers. I thought Talbot was excellent today. The first one goes in, uh, a deflection off a shot that was going way wide. It flips into the net. He shut the door after that, uh, made a uh, several saves in the second period, stopped Tobias Reeder a couple times, stopped Richard Panic on a delayed penalty. That was a great uh, pad save. Reeder centered it. Panic got the quick shot away. Talbot stuck his pad out, uh, made a nice save on a blast from the slot on an Arizona power play late in the second period, and then he continued to hold the fort in the third. I thought Talbot looked quick today. He looked like he was battling. I know Kelly Rudy earlier this week on Inside Sports said that he he thought that uh, Talbot's body language wasn't good and that he wasn't battling for pucks. I thought Talbot had that today, got to his angles quickly, covered pucks quickly when he needed to, and gave the Oilers every chance to uh, to win this game. I mean, you allow one, you should win more often than not, but the Oilers aren't able to today. So a bounce-back game for Cam Talbot. He does a good job. Uh, he winds up making 31 saves, but takes the loss. At the other end, he, I think you got to give Ron to credit. He's a big reason why the Coyotes have now won five of their last six. They're 5-0-1 in their last six, and they've won four in a row. They do remain last in the NHL. But also you look at some of the Oilers' chances and you're thinking, my goodness, how could some of those not go in? Like they, they, No finish around the net. Jujar Carroll, wide open net in the first period off a turnover. Eight minutes into the game. Blasts it wide. Ryan Strome in tight. Nine minutes left in the second period. Had a chance to maneuver the puck around Ranta's pad and slide it in. Looks like he got his stick tangled up against the ice. Couldn't lift it across in time. Maroon in tight on the power play about three minutes left in the second period couldn't get that one to go early third Oilers on the power play puck goes to Kajula right in the shot wrist, wrist shot saved by Ranta 2 on one Cassian and Nurse 14 minutes left Cassian takes the shot from his off wing can't get it to go Dreisaitl across to Camilleri on a 2 on one Nine eighteen left Goligoski blocks it and then Patrick Maroon gets a goal that is disallowed with 8.52 to go, cleft bombed the shot from the blue line. It hit Maroon in the back, flipped up in the air, goes over the line. The Oilers celebrate the Coyotes' challenge for goaltender interference, and uh, it is disallowed once again as uh, the Oilers have, uh, haven't done well with video review and challenges. Goals should be disallowed if. I'm going to read from the rule book. I've been doing this far too often this season. I'm glad I got a hard copy of one of these so I don't have to keep looking it up online. Goals should be disallowed only if an attacking player, either by his positioning or by contact, impairs the goalkeeper's ability to move freely within his crease or defend his goal. there's There's more to this rule, but I think that's the interpretation there. And Maroon did do that. The shot was going wide. And I, I put out on Twitter, some somewhat uh, tongue-in-cheek, that how do you prevent a goaltender from making a save on a shot that was going wide and wouldn't have needed to be saved? But really the rule is you have to allow the goaltender to move around freely in his crease, and Ranta didn't get to move freely on that play. So it gets disallowed. Another one goes against the Oilers and just... Uh, Another tough loss, another frustrating one. Uh, they they got some goals. They got four in San Jose. They got five against the Florida Panthers. Lost both those games. Really played poorly against Vegas. Today didn't play great, but had the shots. Had some pressure at times. Just can't convert despite a good game from Cam Talbot. So that's how it shakes down. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is how you can reach me. One nothing Arizona wins it. We have Rob on the line. Hey Rob.
4: Hey, how you doing? Good from Calgary, uh you guys take down your flags yet or what? On Jasper App
3: <laughs> Okay, so you call them to be a troll, is that it or what?
5: No no no. You guys uh you got a good team, but uh there's gotta read there's gotta be something wrong in the dressing room. There's there has to be. There's too much talent for Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I think there's too much talent, you guys there's something wrong. There's something not
6: jiving
3: in the dressing room with the players, or something, or the coach and the players, or something's wrong. Okay, thanks for the call, Rob. Appreciate it. 780-496-0063. We got Gary on the line. Hey, Gary,
7: how are you doing? Uh, Reed, um, uh, I just got to say that uh, I think George Larocque was a little hard on the on the Oiler players uh, the other night, uh, saying that they didn't have any heart.
3: Well, they didn't have they didn't have any against Vegas. That was an awful no. game
7: and i think he he was a little hard i think i think this team you know i think the fans got to get a little bit behind the team you go to the Oiler game and it's there's nothing there there's no cheering i guess there's there's times that we, that the, the fans have cut out to cheer about but i got a question reed i wanted to ask you last year the evanton oilers were 5th in the league in penalty kill right?
3: oh, power play power play
7: oh power play
3: There, I got this uh, last year they were I got a sheet here with everything the the penalty kill uh, the penalty kill was 17th the power play was fifth the fifth yeah
7: okay and you know this year of course uh, we've had a disaster now I've got to ask you because Todd McClellan obviously coached the team we had an awesome year Jay Woodcroft and Ian Herbers those are the three coaches but in your opinion, do you think that it's Peter Shirelli's downfall this year, or do you think the coaches have not done their part?
3: Uh, well, I think when you're doing this bad there's there's something on everybody here I, I think you know I mean you often say that that if you want to talk specifically about the special teams yes i I think you you got to look to the coaches for a lot of that and, and simply because on the power play. Let's start with the power play. Yeah. I I I think there has been some stubbornness by the players. I, I really do. Um, but at some point, you you got to get them to execute or move them around or take them off there if they're not doing it now. The Shirelli angle is there's not a lot of guys you can throw on the power play who you're going to finish. I mean, he put Letiz, Letestu's been off the first power play for about a dozen games. He put him back on there today because I think they're running out of options to put on there. On the Here's what I think about the PK, Gary. This, this team isn't that fast. And I think that that's on Shirelli because you need speed on the PK to win puck battles and get pucks out. And I also, I, I understand that the PK is last, it's probably going to be back up to first on the road after going 4 for 4 today. So I know I'm not giving you a definitive answer, but but I think there's a few different ways to look at it. Yes, I think the coaches have need to come up with something more inspired to get the players to perform better uh, when they're on the special teams. I also think the depth personnel isn't there to give the coaches other options when the existing guys haven't been performing.
7: And the other thing is Connor McDavid. I mean, last year was an exciting time for us because Connor kind of led the team, and and I think this year, I think a lot of the players thought that they would re, we'd, we'd return because Connor's such a dynamic player. And I think the in the players' eyes, I think they they really thought that Connor could carry the team. And you know, and I know that it's a team game, and unfortunately, uh, we've we've had quite a disaster. Unfortunately, but. I think that there has to be some major changes, and I'm just thinking, if I'm a fan, I'm thinking, you know, there's not too much to cheer about this year, right?
3: Well, I think that's another level of the failure, is is that I do think there was some overconfidence or even arrogance at the start of the season. That mm-hmm. we did this great, we were so close to making the conference final... And uh, there's nowhere to go but up. And they forgot that you start with zero points like all the other 30 teams in the NHL and what they did to get there last year. Because they did not play energized off the start of the season. They started 1-4. and They've never been able to get back in it. I mean, when you start 1-4 and in the NHL with the current playoff system and the current point structure, your odds are like you're already a long shot to make the playoffs five games in. And that's where they've been all season long. So, I mean... Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's on everybody. I I I, I do think uh, I've criticized Shirelli. I know there's a lot of Shirelli criticism out there. Uh, I don't know if it's going to cost him his job, but I, I think he he made some predictions on players that clearly haven't panned out.
7: Yeah, I agree there. And you know uh, you know you got to you got to say that our goaltending hasn't been where it was last year, and maybe the nowhere near, the fall, no nowhere near, and that's caused us a lot of grief. But Thanks a lot Reed and uh, and a great show.
3: Gary, appreciate you calling 780-496-0063. Oilers lose 1 nothing to the Arizona Coyotes. 40 shots for the Oilers. They can't break through. Uh, shots per period, 8-7 Oilers, then 18-12 in the second period and 14-13 in the third. And I was talking about the Oilers not finishing chances and, and Ranta making good saves. I mentioned Talbot made a lot of good saves and Arizona had chances too to extend their lead. A couple shots on uh, two-on-ones early in the third that went wide. Uh, Could have been a higher scoring game, but maybe some of the misses and mistakes fitting of two teams in the bottom five in the National Hockey League. Uh, Ranta, the first star, as you'd expect. This was picked by Coyote's broadcasters. Dvorak had the goal. He's the second star. Ekman Larson gets an assist. 25 points in 31 career games against Edmonton. I'll give the fourth star to Talbot for his bounce-back performance for Missionary Island Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. Okay, Curtis is on the line. Good afternoon, Curtis. Hey,
8: Reed uh, Thanks for taking my call. Yep. I'm uh, just wondering uh, what Gary was saying I thought he was going to ask the same question, but you've got all the ex-Oilers that are coming back. you got Coffey, Gretzky, all the boys there. On uh, the other side, you got Todd McClelland and his coaching staff, and he's going to die by Woodcroft. How do you think that's going to affect everything, you know, for the rest of the season or even into next year? Do you think that's going to be a hard sell to, you know, to change out any of... Todd's
3: staff, or is he gonna, you know, fuck the? Well, I don't like, I, I don't think Coffee's gonna be on the actual coaching staff if that's what you mean. I think he's here to help the D. So I, hopefully that's what his role stays. I, I, if, if it, like, are you asking if if Todd will defend his guys that came with him from San yeah. Jose? Yeah. I would think he probably would, but if the team, I mean, I hate to say this, Curtis, there is a chance. There's a chance the Oilers are going to finish last overall. Yeah, they're going to finish in the bottom six, most likely. So, I mean, it may be impossible for someone to say, "Well, I've worked with this guy a long time, so I want to keep him." I mean, if Shirelli goes to Todd and says, "Look, um, you know, like you can't have both Jimmy and Jay back, and Ian's going to go back to the U of A or coach in the AHL." I want Dave Tippett to be your associate coach, or here's some other hotshot assistant... I mean, is I don't know if Todd would be willing to say, well, to heck with you, then I'm not going to coach the team. I mean, hopefully he would still want to be a, the head coach of a team that has Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, and he did take Tatho for all last year. So yeah. to me, if the team, well, the team has done really poor, not if they do do really poorly. They have done really poorly, regardless of how they finish the season. So, I mean, I think if Shirelli wants to make a call with, with the assistant coaches, then you know i i think he would be able to to make that call
8: yeah it's going to be a tough situation i think that way so Hopefully they can figure it out, and uh, thanks a lot for taking my call.
3: Yeah, Curtis, I really appreciate you phoning in tonight. one nothing Arizona wins this game. Unfortunately, no donation today to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation from Booster Juice and Oasis of Freshness in a Fast-Paced World. They give 25 bucks for every goal the Oilers score throughout the season. You can track the total on the Oilers page on 630 com. By the way, Rob Brown, as you probably guessed by now, absent today? He's uh, at a WHL reunion in Regina, but the good news is Rob will be back tomorrow, and I know that's disappointing. I'm disappointed too because uh, I can talk about the team and what I see, but I love those questions people ask for Rob about his career or things that he can imagine what a player was thinking on the ice on a certain play. So uh, we'll get that back tomorrow, but it's uh, me and you for today, Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. 63 We have Forrest online too. Hi, Forrest.
5: Hey, Reed, How you doing this afternoon?
3: I'm doing well. I appreciate you calling.
5: Yeah. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, I didn't have a chance to watch the game today, um, but it was frustrating, you know, getting a notification on my phone that Maroon scored, and then I checked the app, Mm. and it showed up 1-0. What I'd like to know, in your opinion, I mean, of course, you know, as as a diehard Oilers fan, um, I'm kind of curious as to, in your opinion, why it seems like this year has been the year that we've had...
3: A ton of disallowed goals oh geez <laughs> well they're more than last year I mean I think Cassian had four himself last year I think they've had some memorable ones this year uh and it yeah. seems worse because they've been losing so much I mean you don't remember the bad breaks when you win uh I mean I think obviously the strom McDavid play in overtime against Calgary people are going to remember that for years in this fan base right
9: yeah, um, absolutely.
3: yeah, I mean, I, I first of all, I think the timing of when things have happened has been a little tough. The mcdavid strome play was right before the All-Star game, same <laughs> week that Austin Matthews had a goal disallowed. And then uh, at the All-Star break, Gary Bettman says, hey, let's loosen the reins on some of these calls. And then I can't remember which game it was, but the Oilers had a goal uh, that stand against them, and McClellan said after the game, "You know, we challenged it probably two weeks ago. It's waved off, but now they relaxed the rules, and uh, a- and it went against them." I I don't know if I can directly answer that question. I mean, <laughs> the video reviews are some sometimes they're hard to figure out. I I can understand why the maroon one was uh, was disallowed today. I-, I I think it's just kind of a flukish run in terms of the amount of video challenges. Uh, that have gone ag- against the Oilers. That's probably the best answer I can give you for us, because I don't think they're they're doing anything to to lose video yeah. reviews. And even that offside in Nashville, I've complained about that rule ad nauseum, but yeah. it w- it was offside. skate no- was off the ice when Latestu brought it in.
5: Yeah, no, absolutely. And also, too, uh, I'd like to ask, I mean, you know, this isn't uh, a shot at the coaching staff. I mean, I, I'm... I'm happy as an Oilers fan that we've got a coach like McClellan because obviously, you know, he's coached San Jose. He's won a few cups, and he's not a coach like um, Dallas Aikens was where it seemed like we were just off every game.
10: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, do you think McClellan I, – I can't remember the caller's name, but he had brought up McClellan and uh, Chiarelli. Do you think that one of them – at the end of this season, could potentially lose their job, or
3: yes, I do. do you- yeah, of course I do, because the the season has been so bad. Uh, they, I they I think there there will have to be some sort of change, because I don't know if they can bring the entire uh, leadership group back, if you want to call it that, off ice leadership. Right. I, I know the previous caller said, may you know maybe you change the assistants, and that's a message to the players, and maybe a message to McClellan a little bit too. Or, right. or, or we still have to see what happens at the trade deadline, because if, if Bob Nicholson decides, you know, Peter, we think you that your mistakes are the cause for this season, you know, then he's going to go, and then the new GM would decide how much he likes Todd McClellan on the current staff. I, I It's it's hard to guess right now who's going to be back. I can't see everybody being back no, uh, because the season has gone so poorly. Yeah, well,
5: I mean, I can... I, I for myself see mcclellan coming back
3: well a lot of people have said that to me forrest that if they had to pick between mcclellan and shirelli coming back they would bring mcclellan back
5: oh i would hands down absolutely absolutely but you know what i uh, appreciate you taking my call and uh Let's see if we can turn this around into that Calgary caller. I'd just like to ask when was the last time they won a cup?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that surprised me a little bit. Thanks, Forrest. Appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. It's five fifteen. Oilers lose again, six in a row, one nothing to the Coyotes. Floyd is up next on the open line. Plenty of time to get everybody in. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Now,
0: from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. Oliver Ekman Larson, the puck handler up through center ice for Nick Cousins. Right wing
11: Richardson, this time a shot on net and a save made by Cam Talbot. Richardson had missed
3: short side earlier. That time he tried to put it underneath the blocker. And well, Talbot- Cam Talbot had a good game. First shot got by him. 31 saves after that. However, the Oilers do not get any goals that count at the other end. They lose 1-0 to the Coyotes. That was Talbot's save of the game for Arcan Trailer and RV Center, Alberta's favorite award-winning RV dealership for over four years. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you're having a good weekend. Despite the Oilers' result today, it is 5-17, nothing Arizona. My name is Reed Wilkins. Rob Brown will be back tomorrow. We'll have post-game reaction from Gila River Arena right away. I think we're getting Todd McClellan in a couple of minutes. The number here seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We'll welcome Floyd to the show.
10: Hello, Floyd. Hi. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Um, love the show. Thank you. Um. Okay, so basically I've I've been a fan since around two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Rod Phillips last year, I think. Now what
3: made you start that year if you don't mind me asking?
10: I don't to be honest, I just sorta of got bored. <laughs> like were you a fan of another team or a non sports fan no, or you moved no, to Edmonton? I, I didn't I didn't like sports at all, no. I was oh, always in Edmonton. Okay. But I mean like uh for some reason I always liked the underdog. And uh Well, the Oilers were that starting
3: around oh eight, oh nine. Yeah, but anyway.
10: <laughs> I know. They wasted my twenties. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh Dallin, I'm 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 hoping for a good draft pick. That's the only consolation out of this game tonight, you know? Yeah. Or today. Well uh, they're gonna pick... Sorry go as ahead. As long as they don't I'm sorry. Oh, um, as long as <laughs> as long as they don't pick a, a forward in the first round like they always do, and they trade it away. But uh, I was looking at that Adam Boquist, you know, and uh, that Dallin. What is, what is his first
3: name? Uh, Rasmus. He's probably going to go first, right?
10: Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, that's something to look forward to, right?
3: Well, they're going to pick high. Like I said, uh, I've, people have been asking me where are they going to pick, and with now the three lottery teams, it's it's pretty hard to guess. The way it's yeah. going, they'll pick in the top 10, right? Because yeah. they could drop down and improve their odds. If they win a few games in a row, they could pass some other teams that are doing bad. So, yeah, I mean, they'll get uh, they'll probably get a decent player. I don't know if they'll necessarily get somebody who can play next year. If they wind yeah. up first overall, I'm, I'm sure they would. But one thing I've been talking a lot about this week, Floyd, is the Oilers have to draft better after the first round, because that's right. Who's who's come along? And I made the point earlier this week on the on Inside Sports. We got sports, Ethan Bear. We got Caleb. Yeah, Caleb Jones. They might have that's some great. D, but you know they don't have a guy like Trocheck that was a depth pick for Florida. To that was right. a depth pick for L.A. You can find off offense after the first round. I think I, I, we'll see how Shirelli's picks turns out. I think maybe previous regimes they thought, well, we pick first overall and then we get some crashers and bangers to support them, and that's never really worked out
10: Mm. no well awesome thanks for that pretty much my remark there
3: thank you floyd appreciate it 780-496-0063 obviously no japanese village goal light today the oilers have to score five or more in a game which they actually have done once over the course of this six game losing streak then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer to japanese village off the oilers page at 630 ched.com japanese village three locations downtown south side and north side uh, is this Wee on the line? Is that your name? Yeah. Go ahead, Wee. All right. Uh, well, a couple
12: questions, but one of it was uh, answered during the uh, right after the uh, commercial. Was it that, that they get scored on again on the first shot? And I guess that
3: Unfortunately, is... Unfortunately, they did. Eleventh time.
12: Eleventh time. Is there anything we can really say or just bad luck or what?
3: Well... I don't think it's always bad luck. I think there's games they've started poorly. That that goal today was, was going wide. It deflects in off, off the player. It was a, maybe a bit of an unusual goal. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it wasn't an egregiously bad start like we've seen seen in other games. But, yeah, still went in.
12: Okay. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Our second question was um, uh, unrelated to today's game, but something when I was listening to, to the radio the other day when they were playing Colorado, and the comment was made that I think Nail Yakupov might be going to KHL. Is, is that really like is that how well he play, or does he not be national well? Or...
3: Well, that's I, I. It wasn't me that made that, so I can't remember when it came up. But I know that rumor has kind of swirled around Yakupov and other Russian players. If they struggle in North America, that the that the KHL is is always an option. Um, I'm just trying to refresh my memory here if I've heard anything about that recently and given it a quick Google um, I don't yeah there hasn't been anything recently that I've seen I know he was asked about it last year and said he wants to stay so I think it's possible with him but now he's on a well he's on a decent team so far this year so we'll see with him I, I think it's possible he could wind up there though okay uh, one last
12: comment it's something that I guess the whole year this year uh, maybe I'm just thinking too hard but uh, even like with the playoff run I mean we had a couple players that, that just wasn't meshing that I, I think Nugent Hopkins and Everly really, during the whole playoff run didn't really get much going I think they didn't score the whole run right
3: that's correct I mean, yep is
12: that, is that just pretty much a foreshadow of maybe maybe what Rob Brown was saying was right the whole time is they just overachieved last year
3: well, maybe, and, and honestly, I think Everly's playoff might have been the, the the final nail in the coffin for him getting traded. I, and and I know now it doesn't it doesn't look like a great trade. And Strom is in an incredible slump here. But if Everly, uh, you know, gets a couple goals and 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 checks a little harder in the playoffs, maybe he sticks around. I, I don't think he was a. Shirelli type of player and I don't think he had McClellan's total trust in being out in all situations though yeah for sure his point production is sorely needed right now absolutely
12: Okay, thank you. That, that was pretty much all I uh, was kind of curious
3: about. So. Yeah, appreciate it, Wee. Thanks a lot for calling 780-496-0063. Oilers have lost one nothing to the last place. Arizona Coyotes, they've played uh, three times this year. Edmonton has won two. They got one more game left coming up at Rogers Place. That'll be on March 5th. Wes on the line. Hey, Wes.
13: Hey, how you doing? Doing well. So, i got a couple of comments. One. The Oilers were faster last year. And it's not just the players they had, it's the skaters themselves. So that goes back to pre-game preparation. So whoever Cates is hired to get his guys ready are not doing a good enough job to get them prepared for the games so that they can maintain that speed throughout the season.
3: Okay, what else?
13: Um, When we see their they're flat coming out of every game. So what are they doing between the games now that they didn't do or that they didn't do last year to uh, change what they've got going on? Because there's something different. Last year they came out of the box. They were flying at the beginning of games. This year they come out flat about every game.
3: Well, I think that's a great question, Wes. I I, I do think – I do believe that a lot of times they're playing not to make a mistake as opposed to make a play. And then sometimes that burns you when you play like that. And... I mean, it's been a bad season from the start. I referenced them starting one and four. They got blown out three times on home ice early in the season, and I think it's the lack of confidence and the doubt has has snowballed, and one area that's manifested is is the play early in games. But I, I, like, I don't want to be sarcastic, but I also think if they knew, they would have fixed it by now, if it was something they could really pinpoint, right? So there you go. You want to finish the play?
14: Yeah, I- Sure, I'll
3: try. All right, we're looking to give you an eight-day parking pass to JetSet. Set. You park Jet Set Parking. Park cheap and easy. Visit jetsetparking.com. And it's taken by Mike Camilleri Behind the net on his backhand. Stutter step move to Clep on Charpango. Shot saved by Ronto. to the rebound. Lose Strome. Picking away and can't get it in. All right, so Strome has now gone 21 games without a goal. Wes, can you name one of the other two Oilers who has a scoreless drought of 21 games or longer? Forwards.
13: Uh I'm going to guess Cassian.
3: Cassian scored a few games ago against Calgary West. The two options were Lucic and Latestu. But that's okay. Maybe we can try again with you for finish the play some other time. One nothing Oilers are shut out for the 7th time this season. We have Adam online too. Hey Adam.
15: Hey, thanks for uh, taking my call. Yeah, good to talk to you. Uh, I know you're probably sick of people last season with this season and trying to find the difference, but I guess it's human nature, and I've been trying to do that myself. What is the big difference between last season and this season? My opinion, I remember, If maybe I'm wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, last season we battled back. All our games weren't destruction games. We didn't destroy them. We maybe won by a goal or two. It was when we got scored on, we scored back, and we pushed back. Do you find that that's the difference, too?
3: I totally agree with you, because how many times have they not... I mean, first of all, they've allowed the first goal 37 times in 57 games, which is outrageous, uh, but how many times have they fallen behind 2 nothing? Right or I mean they've lost three games, five nothing. They and I I, to me this relates back to the doubt and the confidence. Something bad happens and they tense up, and as a result more bad things happen. I mean I mean they're going to allow the first goal well over half their games this season, and last year I, I looked it up, Adam. It was even 41 times they scored first. 41 yeah. times they allowed the first goal. So you're right, that means a lot of times they have to battle back. They only got blown out of games a couple of times last year. They didn't panic, they stayed calm, they, they trusted their details, and they responded, and that's one thing they've, uh, they haven't shown a lot
15: this year. Because I remember it, a lot of games were nail biters, and yep. we just pulled through. Like, it wasn't like, oh wow, what a sh- another shutout. It was you know, super close, and we just, I don't know. I don't know. And Talbot made the big
3: save at the right time and yeah. you know, and he hasn't done that as often this year. The power play would often score a big goal at the right time. That has virtually never happened this year. And there you go. You're seven games under five hundred instead of trying to get home ice in the first round. Adam, good point. Thanks for the call. Thanks. All right. We're going to break for the news here in a minute. Uh, we got Jim, Brian, Evan, Charlie, Adam. Everybody's getting in today. I want to look at the Advantage Trailer Rentals Out of Town scoreboard rolling into uh, the Saturday night action in the NHL. Here are the finals Kings over the Sabres 4 2. Ducks beat the Wild 3 2 in an 11 round shootout. Senators double up the Rangers 6 3. In the first period, Canadians and Golden Knights tied 1 1. Devils up 1 0 on the Lightning. Maple Leafs trailing the Penguins 1-0 early. Four games coming up later, including the Panthers and the Flames. That's your advantage, trailer rentals. Out of town scoreboard. Reed Wilkins flying solo today. Rob Brown will be back tomorrow, back after the news. Canadian Brew House, overtime open line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre.
0: From the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, this is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 6.30 chair.
3: Final score, 1-0 for the Arizona Coyotes over the Edmonton Oilers. Edmonton winds up with 40 shots on net, certainly their best chances coming in the second half of this game. They can't break through on Antiranta. The Oilers' power play once again failing to produce 0 for 2 today. The penalty killing continues to be great on the road, 0 for 4. Another tough penalty for Jesse Puljujarvi today, holding in his own end late in the game. He's taken four minor, minor penalties in his last six games. Another, another little detail of the game he'll learn about uh, to stay out of the box at crucial times. We got Jim 7804960063. Hey Jim.
16: Yes, uh, Charlie. <clears throat> Um, how many first ra- uh, first pick overall in the last 10 years has Edmonton had?
3: Well, I think you know the answer to that, Jim.
16: And how many lo- uh, lotteries did they win?
3: Uh, they won the lottery three times.
16: And look where they are. Well, yes. That tells you something.
3: Well, what does it tell you, Jim? Why did you it call tell- in?
16: It tells me that they're, they're, they're a bad organization. With all those picks and uh, and uh, the lotteries, they should be uh, ready for the the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I agree. Look look at the other teams that have done it, like Chicago, Pittsburgh. You know, they get uh, two or three of the top picks and build from there. Yeah, I think they're I think they're uh, they're uh, <laughs> the scouting uh, in the the rounds of, from second third on. And that's where you need people or good people to come out of or they're not getting them. Yeah I totally agree. Yeah okay that's my point. Brian you're up next.
1: Hello? Yeah go ahead Brian. Yeah I believe our issues right now are primarily in the dressing room. Uh, we have a fantastic team, a uh, season ticket holder for 20 years Uh, Unfortunately, I had to give them up in 2004 because of financial issues. But uh, I believe that uh, right now we're dealing with a team that has a lot of talented players, a lot of uh, core hockey players who have been in the league for a number of years, uh, who have cut their bones with other teams and what have you. But it seems as though every time uh, there's an interview or anything on TSN or wherever it is, it's always relating back to Connor McDavid. Now I remember in the old days when Gretzky was around, Gretzky had 20 other players, or 19, unfortunately, uh, 19 players with him. Uh, it seems as though every time there's an interview, uh, Connor McDavid, uh, how is it, uh, you know, to play with Connor McDavid? I think that there's dissension. I haven't,
3: because... I have I have asked, I have asked that question in in a long time. Pardon me. I mean, I, I do interviews in the dressing room all the time. I ha- I haven't asked that question.
1: Well, uh, I mean, it's an issue. It's uh, well, you haven't, but uh, on other stations like TSN and what have you, you get uh, veteran players and saying, "Well, what is it like to play with McDavid?" And these guys have played with Bergeron. These guys have played with Sidney Crosby and what have you. And uh, it generally goes to a team. And it seems everything's shooting towards Connor McDavid at the Edmonton Oilers. I'm an Oilers fan, ha- always have been, and but I, I believe that maybe right, Brian, there's
3: a bunch of... Uh, l- let me just play devil's advocate then. If, so you're saying the team is doing poorly because they're jealous of Connor McDavid. Why weren't they jealous of him last year?
1: Uh, I don't believe... I believe that may- maybe that was an anomaly, but uh, the issues are... Uh, Every time I hear uh, a player like Cassiam, a player like, uh, well, not necessarily Maroon, he's probably gone. But uh, uh, even Kajula's uh, interview is, uh, we, we lead to Connor McDavid. Now, there's 20 players on the team. Uh, I believe that 20 player when Gretzky was around in the old days, uh, they all said, wow, we won the game. We won the game. It seems to be so uh, self-centered on McDavid at this point in time, but I believe there's a bunch of guys in that dressing room that say well, okay, well, we're playing for McDavid's team and uh, what have you, and we're probably going to be traded if we don't succumb to uh, McDavid's uh, ideals or what have you. Uh, that, that's my attitude.
3: Okay, thanks Brian, we appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Oilers lose one nothing. Let's go back to Gila River Arena. Here is Oilers goaltender Cam Talbot. How tough
10: is this one to swallow when the difference in this game is, you know, two hot goaltenders playing well and two maybe questionable goals? Uh, it's extremely frustrating um, to have what seems like every single one of these calls go against us in the past two years. It's just, it's unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. We challenge a goal. It stands. They challenge a goal on us. For some reason, it's it's always waved off. So I I just don't understand it. It's the exact same play that we had last week against L. A. Where the guy clicks my blocker. They we challenge, still a goal. Last year in the playoffs against Corey Perry, same play. Takes my blocker with him, buckles blocker side. It's still a goal on us. There's just no consistency. I'm sick of it.
3: All right, Cam Talbot commenting on the goaltender interference. Obviously unhappy. A caller asked earlier, why have the Oilers had so many go against them? That That's tough to answer. Uh, I, I didn't have a problem with the goalie interference on Maroon today. When, when you look in the rule book, there's obviously been other close ones that we've uh, debated both ways. But it, it, I think I think, uh, well, I don't want to speak for Talbot, but I think we all know from watching sports that over a long period of time, you're going to get some 50-50 calls go your way and some go against you. And all the 50-50 ones seem to have gone against the Oilers. And that does go back to last year, I think, a little bit when they were a better team. So Talbot clearly frustrated. one nothing Arizona wins. We have Evan on line 5. Good afternoon, Evan.
2: Hey, Reid. How's it going? I'm doing quite well. Okay, so just kind of going off of what Talbot kind of said there with the goalie interference, I, I find that, you know, the NHL doesn't really I mean it's it's pretty easy to say the NHL doesn't really know, you know, where and what and really what is goalie interference. I can totally agree with Talbot being kinda kinda choked in the fact that it's not a goalie interference on us, but then it goes down to the other end and it's no goals. So it seems like that's been a microcosm of the year.
3: Yep. Pretty well, much right and he's and he's making the point that he feels there's times he's experienced similar bumps and the goal has has still stood. That's that's where he's coming from. So, yeah. which is fair. I mean, he knows he would know better than anybody else how he's been contacted.
2: Absolutely for sure. And another thing, I was just kind of thinking about. I mean, the Oilers have been scored on eleven times on the first shot of the game. How many times this year have they scored on the first shot of the game?
3: That's a good question. Obviously, it's not high enough for anybody to record. No, exactly. For <laughs> sure. but, well, they've been I mean, outscored. That's... Okay, Bruce McCurdy. Uh, he writes call to hockey stuff. I don't know if you ever read his stuff. He mm-hmm. twe- he tweeted out today that in the first 10 minutes of the game the Oilers have been outscored 3710. Ouch. So wow. it couldn't be more than I, I know they haven't scored on 10 first shots, but that's the yeah. most it could be. So there you but,
2: go. Yeah. That just I mean that kind of sums up the season just you know how many bad breaks they've had and you know what when you're chasing the game. It's hard to do anything, really. So
3: yeah, but, and like a, a previous caller said, they they never they never bounce back either. Like no. la- last year, when they allowed the first goal, I would think, okay, you know, they're they're going to come right back. They'll make a play. Now, when they allow the first goal, I immediately think, how bad is this going to get? Yeah, exactly.
2: And then, like with Maroon, I mean, everyone's talking about trading him. Uh, you know what? If they're going to trade him, it's not it's not a rebuild. There's no way it's a rebuild. You got to get something back. Of equal value or close to it. Well, they can have another Everly trade. They,
3: they might try to get a forward prospect from a team that's a little deeper. I know Bob's talked about Tampa Bay quite a bit, so we'll see how mm-hmm. that goes. Okay.
2: Well, thanks. Really appreciate it.
3: Thanks. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Oilers fall one nothing. A lot of comments about that uh, first goal against bouncing back when you do allow it. That's something the Oilers will try to change. Our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit com. Charlie is our next caller. Hello, Charlie.
4: Hey, Reed. Thanks for taking my call. Yep. Uh, Calling from Winnipeg. Uh, First, I'd like to see that the um, Oilers roster is way above average if you compare it to any other roster. I think one of the problems with... Uh, one of the big problems with Edmonton right now is the culture. Uh, you know, you've got Low McTavish, Gretzky, Coffee. you know, give, uh, as an advisor to the D-men, that's not working out too good. I just think they got too many re- reunions, they've got to quit living in the past because it's almost like they're rubbing the noses the, the you know the current roster in it. If I I know if I was a current roster player, I'd be sick and tired. Of, you know, being told what happened in the, in the 80s, and and like I say, uh, you've got a great coach. You've got some great players. Uh, everything's there. I just think it's the culture. So somebody's got to look, start you know changing the culture. Quit having these reunions, these old timers reunions, and just live for the present let's start today let's start winning games today and i know that for sure edmonton's probably got a top eight or nine team in 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 the whole league with the roster i'm from winnipeg and there's a lot of guys that i'd like to have from edmonton and i'm secretly hoping maroon ends up here and i'll tell you if he ends up in winnipeg uh you know slight chance you're going to see a tremendous improvement. Because I know when he played against Winnipeg, he'd kill us all the time. So anyway, that's my comments. And I just like your, what <laughs> your reaction is about the culture, the existing culture in the Edmonton room right now, with the Edmonton organization. Thanks for taking my call. Really appreciate it.
3: Well, geez, I wonder how Charlie would feel if he had to come to work and see Brian Hall every day. Derek on line six. Go ahead, Derek.
17: Hey there, how's it going? Good. Hey, yeah, no, it just kinda wanna get to a quick point there. Like just kinda sick and tired of the whole snowflake nation. Like we keep on beating the same drum and everybody wants the head of whoever's in charge whenever we're not doing good. But wasn't it Shirelli that said that it was a five year plan coming in? So, you know, give the guy some time, give the coach some time, give the players some time. Everything's still, I don't know, new in a sense. Um, we're only a couple of years into this new regime and people are wanting to, you know, because things aren't going our way this year, you know, last year could have been an anomaly, if anything. And we just kind of, you know, put the pedal down and went with it. But I don't know. I think we need to kind of stick with it, do some minor tweaking, like special teams is brutal. But uh maybe there's a wrong mix of a few supplementary players, but the core the core is awesome.
3: well, I don't think I don't think the team needs to be torn apart. I mean, I wouldn't no. trade Dryside. I wouldn't trade Nugent Hopkins. Um, no. Clefbaum and Larson are still young, you know so I mean nurse obviously is still young i, I, I haven't given up on Matt Benning. I know some people had have. I haven't even given up on Talbot, but you're right, they're gonna have to find. They're gonna to have to find some speed. They're gonna to have to find somebody that can push Lucic down, probably to the third line. I think, and then yeah. you have to hope that Puliyarvi and Yamamoto are are gonna develop quickly. It's been a tougher goal lately for Puliyarvi, though. I think he can be a good player. Yamamoto's tearing it up in the WHL. Hopefully, he's here by this time next year.
17: Yeah. So with the whole sorry, and like to get back to the whole Tierelly thing, would. It just all be kind of, you know, media and public kind of blowing that all up. Like,
3: no, I think he's, any, I think does he's the
17: management have like the vote of confidence. Like he has a vote of confidence for management yet? Or I, what well,
3: I, I personally, I think criticism of Shirelli a, a lot of it is justified. I mean, I think some of it is overboard, but no, yeah. I, I mean, he made decisions on a lot of players, and then a lot of those players have, have underachieved so i think you have to say he wasn't accurate on his projection in in some cases
17: no exactly and then with that though then you know everybody cries about living in the past and you know quit bringing up the 80s and everything well shoot we just keep on you know shooting ourselves and everything here with the comments about hall and everything all the time anyway well what's done is done like get over it it's it's happened so let's move on let's support the team that we have in front of us and you know it might be going through a slump but Shoot! If you're all sitting here on your hands in the stands, I wouldn't really feel to get up and go to play either. Like shoot, some days don't want to go to work, but hey, you got to go. Derek, I
3: appreciate your call, buddy. Call any time, okay? Thanks. nine six zero zero six three. I didn't really answer that that other guy's question about the team culture. Uh, I don't think the the current players are offended when there's something involving the past players. I, I understand that a lot of people thought that the uh, event last weekend was excessive. That was something that was voted on by the fans of the league. So the Oilers did something about it. They already had the reunion for the 84 team. I, I, and I think a big reason why they did that 30th reunion for the 1984 team was because there was the realization that these guys aren't going to be around forever. And, and obviously one of them passed away recently, Dave Semenko, and, and got to be at that 84 reunion because it was held. Uh, I don't think that there's going to be any uh, any big reunions for any other Stanley Cup teams. Richie is online too. Oilers lose one nothing. Go ahead, Richie.
5: Hey, how's it going? I'm doing well. Good, good. Just a couple of comments. Um, do, you, do you think, like, when Ryan Nugent Hopkins gets injured who's your you know for sure third line center potential second line center uh if dry is not playing that position i just don't get how they continue to play dry with mcdavid on the first line like when the media and all the fans and anyone that watches everyone says that dry needs to man the second line you know what i mean like it just it looks even worse from a coaching perspective when Ryan Nugent Hopkins is injured and Drysaddle is still playing on the first line. Like it's not working.
3: Well, you realize he hasn't been every game since Nugent Hopkins was was there, right? I mean, he it was. Yeah, I'm just, no. i just. I write down the lineup for every game. He started as his own center in Vegas uh, against Florida, against the Sharks. So I mean, it it has been back and forth. I don't I don't mind them having the option to play them together, but I understand what you're saying with Nugent Hopkins. They're they're a lot slimmer down the middle. You had Kara playing playing center today. Uh, Latestu obviously playing center. He'll be traded soon. Strom was... I actually think Strom is better as a center. I don't know what you think, Richie. But you don't think Drysell and McDavid should ever be together, eh?
5: Uh, I just—I mean, play them on the power play together. Do, you know, try and, like, find ways to put them together. But I just feel like Kara playing center or Latestu moving up to the third line on center or whatever the case is. Like, when Nugent Hawkins is injured... I just don't think from a coaching perspective, if you're actually trying to give your team the best chance to win, it's just not an option. It's just plain and simple. Like You've said it. Everybody says it. It's just like you can't have him up on the first line with McDavid because once you check that line, you really don't have any weapons. And that's why one of the reasons I believe uh, they're in the position they're in. Uh, I just wanted to make another comment um, regarding just the overall fan experience when you go to a game. Like, I went to the Vegas game, and they're a first-year team, so let's not even get to the point where, you know, they're way ahead of us in the standings. But just the fan experience, when you go down to a game and you see families going down with their kids and driving in minus 25 weather to go to a game, they can't even score a goal, that's fine. It happened two or three games in a row where they got beat 5-0. But it's just, I feel so sad for the fans because when you're taking your family down there, you're paying top dollar for a ticket. You know, the concession prices aren't affordable by any means. It's just, it's not a nice experience and they're not doing enough things from a fan perspective. Like all an Euler fan truly wants to see is effort and grit and if they're putting that on the ice the fans are going to be excited and, and happy, they're going to say hey, they gave it their best shot and that was a, a prime example was the Toronto game um, but, you know if they're going there and, and they can't even score a goal whatever, but at the same time the fan experience is well below on an effort level from the organization, from all the away games I've been to like, there's bands in the stands. There's, you know, people in the hallways trying to get you, you know, the the, the staff is, is engaged. It's just, I don't know, it's just...
3: I, no, I, I hear you, Richie. No, I appreciate your call, buddy. Thanks for that, okay? Yeah, you're welcome. Oilers lose one nothing to Arizona. Let's go back to Gila River Arena. Here's Oilers head coach
0: Todd McClellan. Hard not to start with goalie-related situations when they score one when goalie is... Around a bit, and then you score one where it's brought back. I wonder just how you saw both. Well, the, the one against us, uh, there's no doubt contact was made, but I think the deflection was made out well before the contact uh, occurred. The other one, I thought their goaltender moved into Patty. So, um, as it uh, stands right now, I think everybody's massively confused, and it continues. Is this one of those days where you, you see the chances coming that sometimes you feel like a uh, goal's? On its way, one that legitimately is called in your favor. or What is your sense on the bench? Uh, you're, you're referring to the, the Patty the, Maroon that disallowed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we felt that was gonna that was gonna count. Um, but uh, again, when you're on the bench right now, you're you're at the, the will of uh, the officials, and um, you know it's it's certainly not black and white. The rule. We continue to see that game after game. Uh, we weren't sure if Larson would return uh, what he did tonight what today. What did you think of his play? It takes a little while when you've been off that long. Um, I didn't think he had a tremendous first period, but as the, as the game wore on, he got better and uh, felt more comfortable and the game looked more uh, assertive and, and made some outlet passes that he normally makes. Uh, the first period was a little tough on him, but we expected that. When it comes to a situation like that, it's not kind of what would be considered a normal one. How do you go about, especially with no morning skate, just kind of determining between the team and him whether he can return as early Well, we we left a lot of that up to him as far as uh, how he felt physically, and he had a good night's sleep. He felt good. Um, it's good therapy for him to be playing. And uh, he's got to play his first game at some point, whether we do it tonight or tomorrow. uh, It's not like tomorrow's going to give us any more time to skate or practice or anything like that. So uh, get him in the game and play him. And uh, like I said, I thought he got better as the night went on. Uh, How is Al Montoya? He is, we'll have to evaluate him in the morning. He obviously took a shot up high yesterday in practice. And uh, it's a situation where we've got to evaluate him on a a day-to-day basis. I think he looked a lot better. Uh, This afternoon when I saw him, then he did the yesterday afternoon. He had concussion issues, is it that? Or is it like collarbone? Uh, It's an upper body issue. Yeah. Good.
3: Thanks. Thanks. All right, Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. And, yes, Laurent Brossoit called up today. Keegan Lowe sent down. Brassois was the backup. Al Montoya took a high shot yesterday at practice, so he didn't dress today. That's what they were talking about. And we haven't even mentioned Adam Larson. Good to see him back in the Oilers lineup. Missed eight games following the uh, death of his father. So great to see Adam back. Took a couple of penalties. One of them I didn't really see, so I'm not sure about it. Jumped up in the rush a few times. Thought... Uh, played a pretty Adam Larson-esque game, but not enough for the Oilers today. They lose one nothing to the Arizona Coyotes. Nathan on line four. Hi, Nathan.
14: Hey, buddy. How are you? Good. Good, good. Hey, listen, a few comments, uh, um, so bear with me. But uh, first one, I ha- I'm going to completely agree with you on uh, Ryan Strom. I think he would be better at center but I think you're completely wrong on on the team and the league. I think he'd be perfect for a mid triple AAA team, Reed. Oh, the guy geez. is a complete okay. waste of skin. Okay? Right. He really is. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. He's he's just a waste. Everybody's piling on him justifiably and and Lucic, um, although I I firmly believe that Lucic I could live or do without, you know, point production from him because he's really in my eyes, he's really here as an insurance policy for uh, for 97, and anything that we get on top of that is a bonus. Now, where he's killing our team is not his points for, but the points that he's causing uh, against with his lack of speed, foot speed, and his lack of physicality. If you can't score, you better be crushing somebody. Um, last point is actually in relation to your one of your uh, last callers. Um, I think he was actually kind of going, he, he was bang on, but he kind of I think maybe he wasn't used to talking to such a big radio star, Reed, like Yar. And, okay. Uh, I think you kind of pressured him into something, but uh, I don't think when it comes to Connor, um, I don't think the word was jealousy that that was uh, that he was looking for. I, I think he's on the right path, but but what I'm what I'm thinking is that too many guys have left their work ethic at home or in the dressing room because they just defer to connor they think that they have to follow behind instead of um compliment and play beside and and help out so connor is forced you know he's he's mesmerizing everybody reed because he's just so gifted and talented so instead of these guys showing up with their hard hats on they're just what's connor gonna do tonight what's connor gonna do tonight oh he's probably good for two. Oh, oh i'll just sit by the net like there's there's no work ethic involved in these with these guys and, well, and that's
3: what it is. De- deferential's a, an interesting choice of terms on that, and I, and I would agree that'd be more appropriate than, than jealousy, and that's a totally different uh, different angle to look at, and I think it's a more accurate one. And McClellan has talked about that from time to time, Nathan, where he, when other guys are on the ice, he wants them to be the alpha male, right? The, the, he doesn't care if he wants players to approach the game. doesn't matter if Connor got four. Well, you go get yours too, right?
14: Right, because he, he's seeing it too, absolutely.
3: Yeah, that and that maybe has been a, a little bit of an issue at times this year, and, and maybe that gets back to the whole issue we've talked about since almost day one that maybe they thought they were a little bit better than they were or it was going to be automatic, automatically yeah, it, be like
14: last uh, year. Exactly, because they put everything on the shoulders of Connor, and and I, and I think that kind of falls back on Connor. And and with everything that he excels at, perhaps you know the area that he lacks is that experience as a captain. And and we've spoken a couple weeks ago about the whole you know click the three click in the dressing room thing. I mean, uh, you know, maybe a lack of experience on his part as a captain is leading to. You know, him not taking other guys aside and dragging guys with him. Instead, he's just doing it himself, and, and he has to. But it's up to other guys to be pro- professional sure. enough and old enough to say, hey, man, i got to step up and do something here, too. I can't Nathan, just watch Connor and be mesmerized all night.
3: Nathan, i got a break for the news. Thanks a lot for calling. Oilers lose one nothing in Arizona, six losses in a row. Adam's up next on the phone lines. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre.
0: This is the Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan.
3: Just one goal this afternoon. Christian Dvorak, 326 into the game. First shot. For the Coyotes, 11th time that's happened to the Oilers this season. 1-0 is the final. Auntie Ranta makes 40 saves. Very good game for Cam Talbot. He stops 31. The Oilers did have a puck go into the net with 8.52 left in the third period. Off Patrick Maroon. He was going to the net. Clefbaum shot it. Coyotes challenge for goalie interference, and the goal was taken off the board. So that's it. Coyotes win one nothing. Six straight regulation losses for the Edmonton Oilers. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's six oh seven. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. 780-496-0063 We have Adam on the line. Hey, Adam.
9: Hey, how are you tonight? Good. Good. I just had a couple of comments about uh, the kind of trend the Oilers have been on this uh, this last few weeks here. Yep. Um, one is certainly it's pretty evident that I mean, obviously they've had their issues with problems in the dressing room. I know most Edmontonians have certainly heard the rumors that happened earlier in the year, and then obviously these bad bounces they keep getting, getting scored on first on the first shot, and then just obviously all these issues where they just can't get the call when it when everything's getting getting put upstairs. But I mean, these are these are all grown men. They need to get over themselves, and I feel like, really, they just feel bad for themselves, and just they can't dig themselves out of their own own grave, and can't just man up for their mistakes, and just realize that bad things are going to happen to you, and you have to look at look at the the future and perspective. They're they're grown men. and They're getting paid a lot of money to play the game that they love since they were five years old. skinning. just kind of watch thoughts.
3: Well, yeah, I don't think they've handled adversity well this season at all. And that's why the, the one nothing deficits have often turned into 2 or 3. I think maybe they, they believe their own hype a little bit coming into the season. And now they're uh, at a point where they're not going to make the playoffs. They're going to miss the playoffs by by a wi- wide margin. So, I mean, I think you have to hope, Adam, that it's something they learn from uh, for next year. I mean, dry cycle, McDavid, Clefbaum, Larson, Nurse, these are all still pretty young players who you hope are important players for the Oilers for the the medium to long-term future. And you have to hope a season like this propels them to greater things. The issue is in this city... We've seen several seasons like this where we came back hopeful the next season and then exactly the same thing happened. So I understand the frustration and the uh, trepidation of the fans in trying to be optimistic. Dave on the line as well. Hey, Dave.
18: Uh, um, yeah, so I, I, I wanted to just make a comment about uh, about Chiarelli. Um You know, um, when I think he has to be held a little more accountable for, for two or three moves, and I think those moves are... Um, a, um, I, I heard a lot from players last year in post-game interviews about um, the leadership of Matt Hendricks. And I think losing that leadership in the locker room has made a difference. Um, along with him and Benoit Pouliot on the, on the penalty kill, I think we've suffered a lot losing that, those players. And I think the mysterious trade of Jordan Eberle, uh, when it wasn't necessary with cap space allowing for it, I think those three moves have, have put a real dent in the Oiter's, uh overall player culture, and I think that he needs to be held to account for that. It's a really kind of a, a, a summer of transition coming up here that's going to be critical. They do have to retool the roster, but you don't have a lot of, a lot of tools to, with which to do that. And I think those three moves were irresponsible moves, and I just wanted to get your thoughts on that.
3: Dave, I'm just going to say this. There was not a single Oilers fan that ever called this show last year who wanted Benoit Pouliot to stay on the team. Okay? (laughs) That's true, yeah. But but they have missed his length on the penalty kill. I think a lot of people would feel often they were on the penalty kill because of something silly he did. Fair enough?
18: Well, I think that's fair. But then you you look at him this year with with a dozen goals, and you wonder if maybe you know his presence on the fourth line and uh, would have been better instead of uh, well, relying on some of the younger players we've uh, put more and, pressure on this year
3: and you know what if he made 2 million dollars or less instead of 4 million he probably would have been on the Oilers third or fourth line this season thanks for calling buddy no problem 7804960063 we have Peter on the line hi peter
6: yeah first time caller i'm just letting you know you're not doing too bad tonight reed but uh you're sure missing uh, Rob Brown.
3: I do miss Rob.
6: Oh, he. You know what? I, I listen to sportcasters all over Canada. I, that's the kind of hockey I follow. And uh, the Oilers may be the worst club in the NHL or one of the worst, but you've got certainly uh, probably the best hockey analyst that I've ever heard in 50 years in Rob Brown.
3: Well, I'll tell him you said that. Thanks, Peter.
6: Well, I'm probably going to call in and tell him. I thought maybe he was on the show today after I forgot that he was down in uh, Regina doing some hockey promotion but uh, I'll try and call next time
3: okay thanks Peter appreciate it
6: there. I, I certainly enjoy listening to him he, he lays out a hockey game uh, exactly and I certainly know he challenges you and he challenges everybody else uh, because uh, the guy is quite factual actually he, uh, he he knows how the game should be played and can't be played and where rosters uh, should be coming in and where they're not, and uh, all these salary caps. Uh, the guy is quite brilliant, actually.
3: Yeah, absolutely, Peter. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Hope you can call in when Rob's here. And okay, bye. Okay, 780-496-0063. More phone calls in a couple of minutes. Here back to Arizona, where the Oilers have lost one nothing. Patrick Maroon had a goal disallowed this afternoon.
10: I can the two goals in this one. if uh, you had a front row seat to yours, so what do you think about
19: that call? Oh, I just think I think it's a it's a puck battle. We, we know the puck's going into that. The goalie's way out of his crease and I'm getting pushed into him. So I mean it can go either way. I think I feel like it's been going that way all year. So I think it's a goal that should should count in my opinion because I think if the goalie's out of your crease then you're getting pushed in. I mean, you have no, you have no real estate to go. I mean, if he's in the back of his crease, I come through his eyes, and there's no issue there. So, I think it should be good. I don't know what the exact numbers are, but they're trending in the other direction of, of you guys. It seems like you, you, know, you don't get a lot of calls. Cam's obviously very frustrated about it. Does that trickle through the whole room? Yeah, I think it's frustrating. I think the way we, we're, we're sitting right now is frustrating. I think. Uh, we're thinking about it, and it's always in the back of our head that this losing streak stuff right now. I think we're a better team than we're playing right now, but Arizona's turning in the right direction. They're playing really good hockey right now. They're they're beating some really good hockey teams. So um, I thought we played a really good game, solid game. I think, you know, it's a missed opportunity tonight again. Their guy's going in the crease. The puck's completely going wide, and they just kind of get a bounce there, and I think Roy hits his pad, but who knows? I mean, it is... And right now we just got to find ways to just stay positive and keep grinding keep grinding and keep grinding away And we know where we're at right now just got to make sure we're playing for each other right now but that's the challenge right is to, to not you know get this big gray cloud in the room is to stay up when it's, yeah absolutely I think we always have to stay up you know And we're going through some hard times right now I mean everyone sees it uh, coaches see it everyone see it I mean but it 's no one else it 's the guys in the room it 's no one else 's fault so we've got to find ways to figure that out but like you said though it's you got to go out there and enjoy the game I know mean, this game's a hard game and it 's a frustrating game and sometimes you can 't go your way and sometimes it, when it 's going your way it 's the best game in the world so right now it 's one of those things where you've got to stay positive, put a smile on your face somehow and uh, go out there and compete for the guy beside you and want to play for the guy it's no you 're going to go out there and put the jersey on and play. For, play you know play for the guy the crest in front of your jersey and just go out there and play hard
3: alright there's Patrick Maroon a little more goalie interference debate off the top there I, I can understand why that one didn't count today uh, when you when you go look in the rule book but it's tough to have another one go against the Oilers for sure one nothing. Arizona wins it Elvis and JP on the lines when we get back Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre
0: Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 630
3: Chair. Going to congratulate Ryan. He knew that Robert Reichel scored the only goal for the Czech Republic in the Olympic shootout against Canada in 1998. He gets a $50 gift card to Buffet Royale Carvery. From Armour Insurance, protect your car home and business with Armour at ArmorInsurance.ca one nothing. Coyotes beat the Oilers. Early goal from Christian Dvorak. Oilers have lost six in a row. They're shut out for the seventh time this season. Elvis online, too. Go ahead, Elvis.
11: Hey, Reed, you know what? I've been, I've been listening to your show uh, in the evenings. I've been listening to when you were a producer for Bob Stauffer. I've been listening to you for a long time. And I will say this. I am a big fan of yours. I like the way you, what you do at the show. I don't know you. I've never met you. Whatever. But I uh I heard the guy giving a shout out for Rob and, and I wanna give a shout out to you. I'll Second send you the I twenty bucks say, later. Okay, thanks. Well, you know what? It'll be more than twenty bucks, but <laughs> so thank you. And I know you don't have twenty bucks, so make it ten. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh that one gentleman that called in that called Stroma uh waste of skin or whatever. We've got more class than that. That's that's that, that kid has worked so hard to get drafted where he was at and worked so hard in his career and yeah, things aren't working out. And he's, uh, maybe he's not performing the way we'd all want him to perform, but I don't think any of them are. And it's an off year. And we talked about this last time I called in. And when you get people that phone in and mock like that, it's, uh, it's I know it's tough on you. And I know, I know you'd like to tell him exactly where to go. So, uh, and I know you, you, you won't because you're a professional. But I, I will tell that guy, he's, he's got no class. And I wanted, to, I was going to turn the station, but I thought, you know what? No, I'm going to call in. And I will say this. Oiler fans, look at Tampa Bay last year, how they struggled. And look at all the stuff that, that's gone on. We've, this is terrible. Six losses in a row. I'm not going to try to sugarcoat this or whatever. But I will say this. This is a team that there's gonna, there, someone is going to be accountable. And there's going to be changes made. And, Rita, I don't know what type of changes you think are coming, but, but when Bob Nicholson said the other day on Sportsnet that we needed a goalie to challenge Talbot. We needed a a defenseman, and we needed, uh, I think he said, uh, a a winger or whatever. That shocked me. What do you think of that, Reid?
3: Well, I don't think Bob Nicholson is... I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how Bob Nicholson reacts to this, because I think he wanted to hire experienced people and have some stability within the organization. I think he was had seen the Oilers hire first-time head coaches and ex-Oilers who didn't have their experience in their jobs. So he got an experienced GM, and he got an experienced head coach. So I think he wants stability. I also know he's not afraid to make change. Wasn't he the guy that fired the Olympic uh, women's hockey coach a month before the Olympics? So I'm really interested to see how he's going to react to this. I think he's doing a lot of evaluating right now.
11: Yeah. My point being, though, I've never heard a guy in his in his situation, unless it's been an, an, an owner that was fed up, like Eugene Melnick, come out and make those kinds of things of what we need. It's almost like he's
3: well, yeah, he's know. not he's not the player personnel guy. So yeah, that was it. That was interesting, but maybe that's what he and Shirelli have talked about, right? So
11: right, yeah. Thanks, not the... too much into it. Have a great night, Reed. Well, the final call today
3: should be entertaining. JP, you have a minute and forty three seconds. Go ahead.
20: A minute forty three. Oh my god, I know this is special now for me, Reed. You don't have pressure. to use you, you don't have to use all of it, JP. Well yeah, well <laughs> thank you. I know this, thank you. But I want to say thank God Elvis did not leave the building. What a call. What a call, Reed. You deserve a full credit, you and Rob, thank team. You guys are like the L O D of the WWE, the action smash. You guys are top notch together and very happy to phone in only once in a while to have a conversation. But I want to get down to tacks huh? quickly. I won't take a minute 43. I'll probably take a minute 44. But I'll, I'll tell you right now. I hear Dimapun. I talk this now. Oh, you know, he talk about, oh, well, yeah, we need to do this. We need to do that. Well, you know what? Proof in the pudding, Patrick. Proof in the pudding. I see the weather go out there flat. I swear to God, I, I can go out and go to the liquor store and get a, the same type of result as the Oilers game. I can go get a flat right now. That's how they play sometimes. They come out flat, they come out flat, they have no passion, they have no desire. And I'll say this right now, I, I'm going to get lit up like a Christmas tree. Dean McDavid has been flat for the last few games. Everyone just blah, blah, do to play, do to play. Come on, pick up the sauce. Play, finish out the year, do your thing. I don't want to go to a minute 43. Read, you're the man, grab. Love Rob I still don't have his autograph but anyway thank you for letting me uh, say my thing read. I always appreciate the, uh, the time thank you
3: thank you JP good to hear from you as well okay it's 6:25 we got to wind her down hey we got another game tomorrow maybe the losing streak will end then 11:30 a.m. face off show game will start at 1 Oilers at Avalanche Nathan McKinnon expected to be back tomorrow missed the last 8 games with an upper body injury Talbot plays well Oilers can't connect they lose one nothing to the Arizona. Coyotes. Talbot upset about the goalie interference situation. You can get more on 630Ched.com. Thanks to Patrick Bauer, our studio producer this evening, and Rob Brown will be back from Regina tomorrow, so that'll be fun to have him back on the airwaves. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks to everybody who called Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Have a great night, everybody.